podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Roden Podcast. Stay tuned to hear all things LFC. Hi everyone and welcome to the Roden Podcast. Today I am previewing Aston Villa on Sunday with a VillaFan.com podcast. Right, Nick, thanks for joining in tonight, mate. Um, appreciate it. It's pretty late and it's on deadline day. Um, let's get straight into things. So, on Sunday, team news from our side of things. We've got a few injuries here and there. We've got Thiago, you know, injured, not new. Um, by Chetich and Curtis, Curtis Jones are back in training, but Virgil suspended and Kanate is injured. Another not surprise. Um, how's Villa squad looking ahead of Sunday? Um, firstly, thanks for having me on. Um, I think for me, the the difficult thing for us has been obviously the loss of Tyrone Mings. I think, you know, it, it, it's an immeasurable loss for us as a club in terms of he's been at the forefront of everything that we've done that's been so good. Um, the good thing for us is that we've obviously had Pal Torres and Diego Carlos come in. Um, very new to the team, sort of bedding themselves in. Um, but even now, just after a couple of games, we've got that Newcastle performance out of the way and they're gelling really well. So for us, it's... It's a fairly strong side. Uh, we're still missing Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey's the biggest missing midfield for us. Um, but is he missing, that, is he? Yeah, he's still out. Yeah, so Jacob's out for probably about another three or four weeks. I know he's got a few links. He's had links to Liverpool and stuff in the past. But, um, yeah, he's been a bit of a big loss. But, again, I think some of the transfers that we've picked up in this window have sort of really helped. Um, and then the only other one that is a, a major worry as a Villa fan is Emi Martinez. Is the same, about 70 75% clear for the game. So, Ooh. that's my biggest concern. Yeah, he's a he's a top class keeper, and you mentioned Jacob Ramsey there. He has been linked with us a few times, and he's some player, and mate. So you know, unfortunately for you guys, he's a miss, but fortunately for us, he's not. Um, so obviously, you've had a well, I'd say a solid, other than the first game start of the season, um, massive shock for the first game. But you know, it's it's no embarrassment. Let's say going to Newcastle first game while while they're on the up the way they are with their crowd. You know, it went really a five-one game. Let's be honest. Um, and then two big wins against, which was lovely against Everton four-nil. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> and obviously beating Villa three, uh, Burnley three-one. So, how's what's the Villa perspective this season so far? I think it's incredibly positive. I think the the five-one loss was a bit of a rude awakening. I think for me, again, I think you sort of alluded to it. It didn't feel like a five-one. It was a really odd performance. Um, Newcastle took the chances. We gifted them a couple of goals as well. Um, I think when the Ming's injury happened as well, it was almost like a bit of a, a bit of a shock to the system. I, I, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but you hear of players that lose other key players on the pitch, and it has that sort of negative impact on them. And you, Ming's is a player that when he goes down and he stays down, you know there's something seriously wrong. Um, and it was just a, a really odd day, and it sort of it was all, all for us about how we reacted to it. I think to come out off the back of it with four wins, with the two wins against Hibs as well, albeit poor quality opposition. Um, the way we've played has been the positive perspective as well. The, the style of football under Emery, I can't, I can't wax lyrical enough about the difference, and I don't want to knock him because obviously I know he's an absolute legend up there. But <laughs> some, some of the football under Steven Gerrard was, I mean, I've been going down since 1994, and it was some of the worst sort of handbrake football I've seen. McGinn is completely transformed. You're seeing him popping up in the box in attacking positions. Um, Matty Cash looks completely reformed in terms of playing on the right wing. So for us, it's been really good football to watch first and foremost. And I think. We're looking forward to seeing how far he can take us this year. I know European football is going to be potentially a little bit of a hindrance in terms of the campaign and how many games we've got to play. But I think it's just overwhelmingly positive considering where we were sort of 12 months ago. 
Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned there, Stephen Gerrard. You know, I I agree. By the way, I watched it a few times, and it wasn't the best. Let's just put it that way. And it was kind of a good awakening for us, not only you guys, but obviously Gerrard was linked with the job after Klopp, and you know, it's big shoes to fill. And I think it showed he's not quite ready yet, so he's going to make a bit of money in Saudi for a couple of years, come back, see what happens with someone else. He's not ready for Liverpool, let's say. Um, but you know, Emery, mate, what a signing he's been. You know, he's. The criticism he got at Arsenal was it was clearly unfair because we, we all know what type of manager he is and the quality that he has. And, you know, he's got a proven track record in European competition. So, you know, seventh in the league so far. What would you be happy with come the end of the season for a position or even a cup runs and things like that? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I've always been a realist in that, you know, so I've been going down since 94 and I've seen a lot of lows. There's been highs and lows, but predominantly lows, which is the unfortunate bit. But, um, I think we've all said we really fancy ourselves in the Conference League. I think you look at what West Ham did last year. I think Emery's track record winning European tournaments and European Cups, I think, for me, that's a tournament we've got to be targeting. We've had the group stage draw today. It's, it's on paper, not the hardest draw that we could have had in there. Um, so we should really be coming out of the group potentially with what you'd class as our second team. Um, with that in mind, I kind of feel like it could have a little bit of a knock-on effect in the league in terms of more fixtures. I know we've got to play seven games in 23 days coming up, which is a, a big ask at any point in the season, particularly when you're trying to gel in new players. Um, so for me, I think if we can sort of consolidate top half, I'd be, if we drop two or three places, but then went on to win a cup, I mean, a, silverware for us, we haven't won anything since 96. So, you know, any, any form of silverware for us would be a, a massive positive and a way of getting into Europe. Um, but there is that sort of... You, you, you don't feel entitled, but you almost feel a little bit excited by what we've seen. And you look at the points that he's brought in in 2023, um, yeah. only behind Man City in terms of points haul. And you do think to yourself, with this extra position in the Champions League available, I kind of feel like up until Christmas, if we can keep players fit and he can get by getting through the group stage with a sort of second string team, I do think he will go for the league and see where we can go. So if, I think anywhere between, realistically speaking, I think sort of sixth to, to ninth or tenth, I think with a good cup run would be a decent season. But being a little bit selfish, I don't see why we can't try and push for a fifth or sixth. Yeah, it's crazy. It's going to be a crazy season because there's quite a lot of clubs circling around that fifth and sixth place, isn't it? You know, bloody hell, let's be honest, we could be there. So, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of quality at the top end of the league. But, um, OK, so let's let's just have a quick chat on Unai Emery then. So, like I said, I mentioned earlier, his track record speaks for itself. But you go to Villa Park now. How does it feel as a fan now, knowing that he's there and, you know, what you could expect in the game? I'm not exaggerating when I say this. You've only got to listen to the people who come and speak to us weekly and, and friends, family, everybody else that talks about the Villa. It's probably the most positive I've seen the fan base in all the years I've been going down the Villa, like genuinely. And we can add in when we had the O'Neill era in Europe and whatever else. It completely transformed the way that we feel about the club. And I think he's been the right match for the owners. The owners have been fantastic and... I know you guys say similar, like, you know, we've had poor ownership and we've had owners that don't really connect with the fans. There's still yeah. things they need to improve upon off the pitch, but in terms of on-the-pitch performance, they had a five-year plan to try and get into Europe. Right on the end of that five-year plan, when we were in the bottom half of the Championship, we've managed to get into Europe, which we didn't expect. Um, the, the quality of football is, it, it's you know, you're getting off your seat every five minutes. It, it's exciting. We've got attacking players that have got confidence to go at people. Yeah, we do look like we're going to concede at times, but we always feel like we've got that positivity that we can still try and get a result out of it. We're not just going and trying to get a draw away from home now. We're actually targeting points off bigger teams like yourselves. Um, it, it's just a complete and utter transformation of where things were. 
Yeah, and I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people who don't realise how big Aston Villa are, by the way. And, you know, it's a massive club. It's a massive ground. It's got a lot of history. And, you know, when Grealish went, it was all a bit, ooh, where are they going to go? How are they going to get on? But, you know, you can see already what he's done already to that club. He's, you know, the fans are connected again after that, let's say, disengagement when Gerard was there. Um, the quality of players that he's attracting, that's that's a, you know, that's a massive bonus. So the likes of Diaby, Leverkusen, you know, he's been linked with all sorts for a couple of years now. Um, but as you said, Torres from Villarreal, another unbelievable signing, in my opinion. He'll, he'll show he's up right at the back. Um and Zaniolo, which I am proper shocked by with that signing because, you know, he's been heavily tipped for the biggest clubs in Europe for years. And then you've got Tillemans, which, you know, his quality speaks for itself. Off the ball, he might not be on, he might not be great, but technically he's another massive addition to your squad. So, you know, he, he clearly attracts big names. So that, that must excite you as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we we repeatedly go on about how bad our previous transfer windows have been. Like transfer deadline day for me is, as a Villa fan, notoriously one of the worst days because we never signed anybody on the last day. We've always signed players that either you've never heard of or players that have passed it and we've overpaid them. We actually put up a post the other night and we were saying that we've had a couple of fans that I said earlier have been quite complacent in terms of how things have gone. And I said, you've just got to look back six years ago to where we were in the Championship and we were signing the likes of Ross McCormack for £15 million. I think we spent £30 million on Ross McCormack, James Bree and a couple of other players like Scott Hogan. And now you fast forward and we're getting people like Tillemans on a free, Bubakar Kamara on a free, albeit on big wages. Um, it, we're almost pinching ourselves a little bit. I mean, even now we're sort of being linked in the last couple of hours. We're trying to pinch um, Abdiaz Azuli from Barcelona. And it's one of those where you think if you could get that one over the line, it, it, it's one that would shock us really. But it's just really positive. Like I say, I think we're, we're a fan base that we're excited, but we're also not complacent in that we, we do still understand that there's a lot of work to still be done. We're way off the levels of getting into a top four, top five and maintaining it. it it's got to be earned and it's got to be delivered year upon year. Um, but just excited to see where he can take us. Yeah. OK, so previous games with Liverpool. Um, we've been unbeaten in the last five, Liverpool, um, over the course of the games with Aston Villa. And our last defeat was that crazy 7-2 of Villa Park, which... You know, let's not talk too much about, but uh, <laughs> horrible, horrendous. Um, what's how do you see the game going? So let's let's go with a prediction from yourself first of all. But how do you see the game going? Um, notoriously bad at prediction, so I might have to say you're going to win just to try and get the markers on it. But um, <laughs> but no, but being genuinely serious about it, I think there's been a lot of positivity in terms of obviously the last couple of weeks and the fact that we've come out of. Uh, there's a crazy stat where I think in Emery's career, I mean, he's managed in four or five different countries and this, that, and the other. I think he's only ever lost three or more games in a row, like once. So you always know there's going to be a reaction, which is a phenomenal stat in itself. And you think how long he's been managing. Um, we, I think with Trent, oh, sorry, with Trent, sorry, with um, Virgil van Dijk to being sent off last week, I think that's given us a bit of optimism in terms of what you're going to be doing centre-half-wise because with the likes of the RB and Co, we are sort of overloading when we're going forwards. Um, I do still feel there's still, obviously, concerns at the back. We're still not fully shored up there yet. I think they're still sort of work in progress. I think there'll be goals for both teams. I think we overwhelmingly feel like it's going to be a positive game for us. But I, th I think for me, probably a, a two-all. I think I can see there being goals. I think Nunes looked good last week. Um, we know we're coming up to a difficult place, notoriously difficult for us. I thought we played well there last year. Um, yeah. But then second half, we sort of turned it on. So, yeah, we'll go with a two-all draw. OK. All right. Well, I've already predicted two-all myself. And, that you know, that's, that's a bit closer than I'm predicting draws. But, you know, the situation is, you know, we've got, Let's say our backup centre backs in Matip and um, Joe Gomez look like they're starting. 
Trent, obviously the exposure on the left and the overload from the likes of Diaby, like you've already said, that does worry me because, you know, I was at the game, I can't remember how many years ago this is now, when you counter-attacked the death out of us with Benteke. And, yeah, you know, yeah, that was a horrible, horrible day. But, you know, it's, he's capable of doing it. And, you know, it's a different manager now. It's different players. But, you know, it's, it's, there's a result there to be taken. Um, who are the key players that we should be looking out for in a Villa side then? I think you've already alluded to them already. I think Moussa Diaby's been um, just insane, really, in terms of performances across the games he's played. Even in that 5-1, we were saying you're not going to see many players that lose 5-1 in a game. You're still coming away going sort of, wow. Like, just his touch, his turn, like he gets in the right positions. He's almost playing in like a false nine. He can play in that striking role. I think Watkins has been um, working hard, but his finishing's been a bit of a concern. And that's why I think the likes of the RB have sort of chipped in. I think Watkins has been more of a provider. Um, I normally give this guy a little bit of stick. I think I'm not normally one to do this, but um, Leon Bailey's not been the best for us in the first 12 months, but he's really sort of looked rejuvenated of late. So I think he's he's hitting form, but he's one of those where if he doesn't have a positive first 10, 15 minutes, you're going to have a bad game out of him. So I think we need to get out really? of the traps quickly. Um, player, best player for me, so far this season and I think in the, the tail end of last season he got player of the year Douglas Luiz he, he's just been phenomenal in the middle um, I think with Thiago being out it's going to help um, but then again I'm still not sort of over on the fact that you've got the likes of um, McAllister and co-playing so it should be a really good game Yeah you know it's going to be end to end that's the only way I can see it I think we both our best form of um, defence as attack isn't it let's be honest Right, okay, Nick. Thanks for your time today. Uh, I'll get this published out tomorrow. Uh, good luck Sunday. Obviously not too much good luck because we, we need the three points as much as you do. You do. Um, I'll be sure to catch up with you soon. But again, this is Nick Sanders and he's from a villafan.com podcast. So make sure you listen in if you're a Villa fan. Uh, Nick, thanks again, mate. All the best, mate. Take care. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on Instagram, Instagram slash the road end pod.